I now call this meeting of the Amateur Detective Club to order. My name is Tristan Miller, the Wet Bandit. I'm Melissa Maley, the Sneaky Elf. I'm Tyler <laughs> Riley, cop and a hat. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash adcpod, and you get a book with that, which is something I forgot to mention just now. You can browse the unmatched selections of audio programs, download a title free, and start listening. It is that easy. Once again, that URL is http colon backslash backslash dot audibletrial.com all one word <laughs> slash ADC pod um, well, I hate to make you do it again but I believe it's HTTPS so if oh, you could just go back oh, and <laughs> uh, well it's been nice knowing you folks everyone fading into the void everyone's <laughs> favorite audio con- uh, content for their podcasts uh Making sure URLs. URLs, spelling out URLs, it's the best. You are l- lucky that I did that. I'm mm. here for it. Mm. <laughs> so today on the program, we're talking about something that is not a mystery other than why are his parents like this? Um, uh-huh. More oh. than just his parents. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, that is something I want to get into um a lot with this this episode um we're talking about home alone the first one i tried to convince these two to watch home alone three instead with which i was fine with no that was four oh oh well then no i would have wanted to watch four Okay. Yeah. Uh, Tyler was very busy when uh, this was all going on. And I think I read the message first and I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> I, I thought- actually watched Home Alone. Home Alone 3 is the only one that I watched in my childhood. Oh. Huh. Fascinating. That's, that's got to be fun in as much as you can go back to a different quality of film, in my opinion. Uh, I would agree that it is a different quality, but I think we would disagree in which okay. was a, yeah. But we'll get into that's it. That's fine. <laughs> Ooh, okay. And, and that's the thing as well. Like, I mean different quality in as much as I feel like the tones are different. They're not written by the same people. They're not shot by the same people, you know. Well, three was still written by um, the same. Jonathan? Yeah. Okay. Well, all right then. And I think it was just like, but yeah, it is, it is a very different, yeah, it is like very different in terms of like look and Mm -hmm. feel for sure. I have only seen one and two, so Mm -hmm. I have no context for the other ones, but. Yeah. And I also like, I I agree with Tristan's uh, sentiment of three in the chat. Like I, I haven't watched it since I was a youth and I probably would feel very differently about that film today. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There is lots of yeah. movies that if I watched them for the first time as an adult, I don't know if I'd enjoy them as much. But mm-hmm. now that I have watched them as a child, you know, like the nostalgia yeah. factor is there for me. Uh, yeah. One of my favorite Halloween movies is the television movie with Tim Curry and Feruza Balk and uh, Diana Rigg, The Worst Witch. 
It's, it's actually, I feel like I might not be, I feel like I might be underselling it based on the names I just, <laughs> I just rattled yeah. off there. Uh, it's not like a particularly brilliantly written film, but it's actually, I think it might be good. Like in a way, not in a, yeah. like, we're not going to win any Oscars or anything here, but, <laughs> but like, I think it's good. Yeah. I think it is good in in a specific type of, you know, if you look at it with a wink, it's good. Sure, yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, like, the difference between, like, good and fun. You know, something can be entertaining yeah. and successful in being entertaining without, quote-unquote, being good. Right. Yeah, Hootie Tang know. is a terrible movie, but I will continue to watch <laughs> it because it's a fun time. There you go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. I mean, going back to the nostalgia thing, like, if I watched, for example, a classic film, We're Back now yeah having never seen it i would be like this is not good <laughs> and this is why i've never seen the film et the extraterrestrial because i know as an adult i'm not going to get anything out of it really yeah other than like look at the muppet you don't think look anything? at this muppet probably not huh i'm very curious probably about not. this and now i want you to watch it uh, yes. i did i did watch it as an adult it, it was another film that i missed as a youth and I, I, I think I'm on your side with this, Tristan. I, I don't think that you would quite enjoy it. I do think you will find E.T. very relatable. Uh, I mean, who doesn't I love do. Reese's Pieces, you know? Exactly. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, a piece of candy. You know? <laughs> 100%. The ride at Universal is extremely good. Yeah. It's it's a very old it's one of the few uh rides that still exists there that's like from the park back in, you know, the 80s or whenever. Um and I had never gotten to Universal as a kid. However, I know that the feeling of that ride and uh -huh. it, I know it's like a retro feel and it is very it is very nice. You yeah, know? I knew that ride before the movie. I in my mind, pictured a bunch of exercise bikes with a plastic ET in the basket, and you're just like powering a generator. Yeah, <laughs> that that is the ride. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much it. Uh, yeah, it's uh... <laughs> <laughs> like honestly, like that's okay, the ride. A bunch of bicycles. <laughs> no, yeah, it's and a it's bunch fantastic, of bicycles. Though. Yeah, because uh, like they biking. do like really great job with like the scenery beneath you and above you and around mm. you. Like it, it really is like a, definitely like of its time as far as like the aesthetic but like it really is like a really wonderful yeah. job that they did yeah you're flying on a bicycle outside uh, well you know like fake outside mm. among the stars and there's that does sound nice. lots of ets around and it's a joy actually yeah oh i so good. love biking because it does feel like flying it's so just a uh oh Oh, I don't know how to ride a bicycle. Oh. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, it's as easy as riding a bike. Uh, yeah, see, that phrase has different meaning for me. <laughs> so it has no idea. Yeah. Well, I, I've never driven a car, so we'll, you know, I'll have to get my license and I'll have to buy you a bike. Speaking of buying things, we bought each other gifts. Yeah, let's do yeah. that. 
Um, some of them didn't arrive in time, and uh, some of them got opened early because they were thought they were a different package. Yeah. I, I am the only one who has uh, both of my gifts in front of me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, All right. Do you want to... Do you want to go by gift giver or by person? Oh, right. let's go by gift giver. So, like, we all quote unquote open Tyler's because we should start with there because we both have Tyler's. Yeah. Gifts. Okay. Tristan and I okay. both have Tyler's gift. So let's open that. I'm looking at a standard issue envelope with two uh, postage stamps. So that. Oh. It, yeah. Pause for just a second, Tristan, because okay. I have to explain the fact that mine came yesterday. Uh, okay. And uh, I, it is in an envelope from Tyler, and it has a little rip in the bottom, and oh. so it come, it came in this uh, USPS oh. envelope that says, <laughs> "We care, dear valued postal customer. We want to extend. I want to extend my sincere apology as your postmaster for the enclosed document that was inadvertently damaged in handling by your postal service. Oh. There are. I want to." Uh, iterate there are four more small paragraphs sentences oh my god please read as they should <laughs> yeah we are aware of how important your mail is to you with that in mind we are forwarding it to you in an expeditious fashion okay all right <laughs> i mean for right now fair enough the united states postal service handles over 202 billion pieces of mail each year while each employee makes a concerted effort to process without damage each piece of mail, an occasional mishap does happen. We are constantly working to improve our processing methods so that these incidents will be eliminated. You can help us greatly in our efforts if you will continue to properly prepare and address each letter or parcel that you Ooh, enter shade. into the mail stream. <laughs> mail stream. <laughs> oh, I, I have a mail stream for you. We appreciate your cooperation and understanding and sincerely regret any inconvenience that you have experienced, your postmaster. <laughs> I want that postmaster's name. <laughs> you could look it up. Yeah. Um, Queensboro Postmaster. Um, Is there only one postmaster I in the entire borough? No, I think there's probably different. One for each uh, post office. Speaking of post office. There's a great novel by um, Bukowski called Post Office. Now, it has troubling content because he was a, an ass. <laughs> but um, to put it lightly, he like he's a drunkard. and it, But the book itself is very funny. And it also gives an excellent look on these poor. I really feel for postal workers. Yeah, me they, too. The conditions under which they work are not great. Yeah, it's true. It's stressful. You're basically working overtime all the time, and you're sorting mail, and you have to memorize where all the packages. Anyway, read, listen to the book. We should fund. Specific, that's the book recommendation. Yeah, I just finished it. You go audibletrial.com/slash ADC pod. There you go. So, um, Melissa, why don't you? Let's both open these at the same time. We'll... At the same time, we'll do okay. like an ASMR thing. Ah, finger. cut my finger. Oh, I don't know if you guys can see. Yeah, you have another have, like, layer, right? Paint on my. Yeah, I do. Um, what did they do? I do not know, but there's like red. Oh. Something on a. Jesus. Hey, it's oh. the Lord's birthday. Oh. Yeah. So Tyler has gotten us lapel pins to put the um little flowers as Poirot does. 
I adore it. Thank you so much. This is Did amazing. Did you get one for your? Did you get one for yourself, Tyler? No, it's gifts for y'all. No, you should get one because that way, when we go out again, finally, <laughs> you can all wear them. It's, but yes, okay. this is beautiful. This is really so wonderful. Sweet. Oh my gosh! Oh, I love it you like so it. much. Thank you. This is amazing. I oh. love it, and it arrived undamaged, so. That is the, the important thing. Oh my gosh, this is so great. Yay. That's wonderful. Dress more like Poirot. Always. Go. Um, <laughs> dope fits. Would you like me to explain to both of you what I got you? Because Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> Tyler's arrived at his apartment in New Jersey, but Tyler is not there. Right. Right. And Tristan's is in transit. So he'll probably get it on Monday or something. Uh, but so I got you both pretty much the same thing. They're slightly different. Um, I thought you meant the same thing as what Tyler got. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> although, TBH, I have looked into these lapel pins before. Oh, because I thought then. they were. Yeah, no, it's really fantastic. Because I was like, hmm, maybe this at some point. So this is perfect. <laughs> um, but uh, yes. So I ordered, it's from Etsy. So, you know, small business, mm -hmm. gotta give them time to make the thing. Um, I got you ornaments, glass ornaments with pages oh. from Poirot books in them. Oh my gosh, that's so sweet. Um, it actually, that's wonderful. Uh, it actually looks very much because uh, Fools and Kings did this for Romeo and Juliet. Um, sure. And so this is, it looks a lot like that. Um, oh sure, and okay. It might oh, be she's holding up yeah. an ornament yeah. with pages on it. Yeah, um, that's really cool. And, yeah, that's really lovely. Uh, Tyler, yours is Murder on the Orient Express, and Tristan, uh, yours is. I think I got you cards on the table. Okay. Yeah, oh, that's great. That's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, not a life-size poster of David from Murder She Wrote, but <laughs> <laughs> it's on the list. I'm. <laughs> Always tracking that down. <laughs> we should get him a cardboard. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh. Yeah, so, so. Um, should I open this, Tristan? Yeah, um, while you open it, I'm going to explain what happened with Tyler. Okay. Um, I, I did not go small business. Boo. I ordered off of Amazon. Boo. Yay. Um, I mean, no. <laughs> um, but I got... Tyler, Merry Christmas, Alex Cross by James Patterson. Oh, cool. Yes. Oh, I so love, good. love, love the Alex Cross series. Yeah. So I was like, I, I looked, I'm going to be honest with Ty, you, Tyler. I looked at like the entire collection, like all of them. But I was like, I don't want to spend $275 or whatever. Oh, well, like there's like maybe three I don't own. So yeah, you pick. That's also kind of what I figured. <laughs> that's amazing. Tristan, oh, this is so beautiful. Okay, Tristan got Tristan got me a beautiful copy of Charles Dickens' Christmas Stories. That's dope. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it's a beautiful book, first of all. Like, very classy on the shelf. Uh, but I, <laughs> he knows of my love for Charles Dickens and uh, yeah. Christmas Carol in particular. So this is just lovely. Um, yeah. Thank you Thank so much. You. Oh. You're quite welcome. Yay! I think 
I figured they should be Christmas themed. I love it. It's wonderful. Yeah. Um, good, 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 good. And the good thing about the ornaments, by the way, also is that even though they are ornaments, you don't have to hang them on a tree. Like you can put them elsewhere because uh, they're not true. particularly Christmassy. Yeah. I also tend to have Christmas decorations year round because I just enjoy them. Yes. Um, like I had my nativity scene from up and from like before Thanksgiving through February last year. Amazing. Just because I like them around. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Christmas is nice. Gifts are nice. Yeah, yeah this is real Christmas, fun. Happy Christmas, everyone. Today yes. To celebrate. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh, happy, happy solstice holidays. Happy winter holidays. Mm -hmm. All those yes. good things. Yeah. Happy Hanukkah belated to all yeah. of our Jewish listeners. Ended two days ago. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I would say a happy new year, but said it last year and that didn't do anything so <laughs> <laughs> oh boy don't want to jinx oh, anything gosh. yeah, yeah. Uh, although at this point i don't know how we can possibly jinx you so know don't what don't tempt you know it yeah. <laughs> uh the tiktok which is curse the moon again maybe it'll fix <laughs> fix the world yeah who knows um okay shall we do a quick recap of yeah home alone yeah. And then talk about, get into all of the things about it we want to get into. Yeah. Um, uh, thank you, by the way. This is listener chosen. Uh, and we did polls all across all our social medias. And as far as I could figure out from the very unscientific, uh, but as precise as possible method that I used to count the votes, uh, we got one more vote for Home Alone than we did for Die Hard. So. Uh, despite my stop the count uh, chant, yeah, <laughs> I was wondering which one of us was going like, to. Like it had to be said. <laughs> <laughs> no, the thing was, Tyler was uh, chanting "stop the count" on uh, on Instagram, and then uh, count the votes on Twitter and Facebook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. Um. So Kevin McAllister is our lead character in this film, played by Macaulay Culkin, who has gone on to have a podcast and like been like a he's like still in the zeitgeist. He's pretty fun. Yeah, and Kieran. Recommend. Yes, Kieran Culkin, his brother, is uh, also in the movie. Yes. Um. Who and fantastic actor. Yeah, and he's working consistently. Yep. Um. From my understanding, Macaulay like chose not to really do stuff and he's getting back into it which is understandable absolutely um being a child actor is very difficult yeah uh, specifically in hollywood for reasons i'm not going to get into on this pro podcast yeah no probably not oh um so i was listening to still buffering yesterday and okay. uh this is a quick uh, bit of trivia uh, apparently, Chris Columbus was supposed to direct National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, but mm. despised Chevy Chase so much that he was like, I can't do this. That, that that's correct. So, <laughs> so they put him instead. They were like, all right, well, here's Home Alone. Let's do that one instead. 
I have some more trivia about this as well, um, because I I figured out one thing while watching it, and I was like, I need to know that I'm right. Have you ever like watched a movie and you're like, I know exactly how they did this, and I need to prove it? Yeah. Um, the thing is, when there's a scene where Kevin McAllister almost gets hit by a car, and the way they achieve this is they reverse the shot. Smart. Um, that makes so much sense. Because they didn't want, he, didn't want a kid to get, always get hit by a car. Yeah, because the car like really gets right up like an inch from his nose. It's yeah very precise because it's a squeaker. You know, like it goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'll say this: most people on this project did not believe in it, including Chris Columbus. He was like, I don't like this movie. I think it's kind of stupid. Um, Daniel Stern and Joe Pesci, who play the two wet bandits, were like, this is not good. So they were like, let's go goofy with it. But luckily it reads really well. And like, I think it's a perfect storm of people just like, okay, we're having fun with this. Yeah. And it, that's what makes it work. That- also, John Williams was like, this sounds stupid. And then he watched it, and then he was like, oh, no, this is so enchanting. And then he did the soundtrack for it. Yeah, it's just something about it. Certainly, if it doesn't for everyone, clicked for a lot of people. Um, yes. Yeah. So, okay, here's a recap of Home Alone in case... Uh, someone, I, I mean, listen, Tyler hadn't seen it till last year. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so, uh, we got a big house full of kids, lots of cousins buzzing around. Uh, it is in suburban, very wealthy Illinois. And mm-hmm. uh, I think it's the suburb of Chicago. Yeah. Um, yes. yeah. And so it's, in the week before Christmas, a couple days before Christmas, there's tons of kids around, um, and there is a police officer, a man dressed as a police officer, downstairs, just kind of, like, asking questions of everybody who uh, <laughs> passes through the entryway, which is absolutely wild. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah. I want to say two things. One, there's this running gag of, like, since everyone's visiting, no one lives there. So it's like, are your parents here? No. Oh, sorry. Are your parents here? Yes. Do they live here? No. Over and over again. Solid bit. Right. Are your parents but, home? Do they live yeah, here? No. Pa- <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and also, this this character is played by Joe Pesci. Mm-hmm. And everyone is doing vague Chicago accents in this film because it's, you know, set in Illinois. And then Joe Pesci rolls up, <laughs> talking like Joe Pesci does, <laughs> and it makes zero sense. Other than, like, he obviously, like, moved from New York. I just think it's just very funny of, like, hearing all these Midwestern accents, and then Joe Pesci is just like... Oh, that's true. I hadn't even thought about that. Cow. Yeah. He sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes. So, uh, yeah, there's like two sets of adults in this house. And by the way, until this viewing, I was like kind of confused as to whether Kevin is an only child or, uh, if he had brothers and sisters. Like, I didn't know really? if all of these kids were his cousins or what was happening. Huh. Okay. <laughs> That's interesting. I, I think because I'm an only child, I, and he's alone so much. And so he actually has a lot of, 
only child independent qualities mm-hmm. that come out through the movie. So I think that's why it just like kind of naturally read that way to me. Yeah. Um, I actually wanted to get into this. Um, so this is perfect. Mm. Um, I know you were an only child, but did you have like big extended family? Mm-mm. I mean, you're Italian. Huh. Weirdly. No. My dad is also an only child. My Italian, my full Italian father is an only child as well. Uh, My grandma got married extremely late for the 50s. Um, Mm. Like she was almost 40 when she had my dad. Oh, okay. Yeah, like a couple months shy of 40. Um, And my my dad was an, yeah, my dad's an only child. And um, he had... Uh, so my grandmother's my grandmother's the only uh, was uh, here in America. She's first generation Italian American. Uh, my grandfather came over like because of my grandmother uh, oh. from Sicily. Yeah, they met through letters, and then she flew to Italy, and they got married. The original Tinder. That's really sweet. Yeah, it's really beautiful. It really is. Uh, they so they got married in Italy. They flew back over here, and then they had a big church wedding. Um, That's wonderful. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And my grandmother's only surviving uh, sibling, only surviving into adulthood sibling, uh, had two children, my uh, dad's two first cousins, and each of them had two children. So I have two second cousins twice removed that are my generation on my father's side. This is who lives in New York. My mom, okay. my mom had one sister. This is fantastic podcast content, I'm sure. Um, Listen, I asked. <laughs> you did. Uh, my, uh, my mom had one sister who had... This is so complicated. I won't get into it. But I have four first cousins on that side, but they don't live okay. close by. So I never... You... I don't really see them very much. Okay. So, and for the holidays, you wouldn't do, like, a big get-together with all those people then? No, because we would see my, because my uh, dad's family is local, so we always have uh, holidays with them. Okay, that makes sense. Tyler, what about you? Uh, I mean, I guess, like, my dad's side of the family, um, he has, what, six, seven siblings, Uh, so, like, Mm -hmm. that side of the family is pretty big. My uh, mother has three siblings. So, I mean, yeah, that's pretty... Okay. Yeah. And where are you in the lineup again? You're, what, middle fourth? Middle second? Uh, uh, second middle. I'm the third child of four. Okay. Okay. Um, my father is one of seven as well. Oh my, um, my mother is one of three. So, very similar situation. But we would get together and there'd be, like... We would do two celebrations and they were all very crowded. Wow. So, growing up, this was very relatable to me also being the youngest for a very long time out of everybody i really felt for kevin McAllister in these moments that makes sense because like it's also really frustrating because it's his behavior throughout the sequence he's like trying to get attention Mm -hmm. from his mother and his father as an eight-year-old does and he's kind of perceived as being bratty when really he just wants to know what the heck is going on. No, yeah. he's really being a dick and really? a bad child, in my in my opinion. That's really yeah. That oh the way he speaks to his mother, calling her a oh, dummy. That is true. 
Oh, that's um, <laughs> that's true. Okay, he's on the phone and like speaking to him, like, can you just give me one moment, please? And then he's like, well, why don't you get off the phone and make me? He is a brat. Like that's, it, <laughs> that's it is true. what it is. Fair enough. Maybe I was a brat and that's why it doesn't register. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah, you're right. You I did right. remember watching it and I was like, oh yeah, you don't speak to your parents that way. <laughs> Um, but like regarding his siblings and like his cousins, he's like, I don't know how to pack a suitcase. I've never done that. Will you help me? And they're like, get lost. Yeah. They, they and... are also very bratty themselves. Yeah, that's right. I yeah. think what it was, the whole family is yeah. kind of a nightmare at this moment. I mean, listen, they're all, I, the kids are, are, are little jerks, but the, uh, <laughs> as it, as is said. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, the parents are are very busy and therefore yeah therefore their uh their behavior is kind of understandable more so i mean it's not mm -hmm. it's not super great no one's being super great in these moments but uh but yeah i feel like i have a little bit more sympathy for what the parents are going through having tried to even not having children tried to like get packed for a vacation it's like yeah. I yeah. need to get this done. Ah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I I can agree with that. Um, but there's this like, it, and then a, a pizza guy arrives. This yeah. wonderful character. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And he has like ten pizzas, and it's one hundred and twenty dollars because pizzas were only twelve dollars then, which is nuts. Um, and one of the uncles comes by, picks up the pizza and, um, yada, yada, yada. And, uh, then all the kids leave, they all leave to go eat the pizza. And then eventually Kevin's father comes down and, um, speaks with the police officer and the police officer is like, we're just doing safety checks, making sure that you have like locks on your doors and yeah, that sort of thing. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, we are locking your doors. We have automatic lights, yada, yada, yada. This is and so then he fat. Without paying for the pizza, yeah, the guy eventually does get paid, um, <laughs> and uh, they do remark that they leave him a nice tip, because um, mm -hmm. these people clearly have money. Like it's a huge house. Um, and Kevin and shows I, up again to complain about the amount of pizza that was ordered. He does not complain about the amount of pizza. How come I'll you didn't? How come you didn't order more cheese pizzas? Was the direct quote. <laughs> He is not getting his needs met and is standing up for himself. <laughs> and I, okay. in this moment specifically, as a younger child who has missed out on food that I specifically asked mm. for, it's his older brother, Buzz, is a real just, just an absolute jerk and does not treat him well. And that... He pushes him into the counter, and I said out loud, justified, <laughs> to myself. Um, yeah, like, I mean, I feel like his brother should have some working knowledge of the fact that he doesn't, Kevin doesn't eat any of these other types of pizza, and, like, maybe save your kid brother a slice. I don't know. Yeah. I'm an only child. I don't know how this works. <laughs> Not only that, and this is what happened with uh, my... I'm I'm the the last of three, and with my oldest sibling, and we talked about this, and we kind of reconciled over this. She treated me so badly growing up, and was such a bully, because she didn't understand that as someone who is, gosh, like 
six years younger than her that I didn't know things that she knew. Like, just she just couldn't comprehend that I, I she thought I was stupid when it was just like I was a kid. And very much feels a similar dynamic between Buzz and Kevin. Sure. Also, who names their kid Buzz? It has to be a nickname, right? Like, let me see. Let me go to the IMDb. Um, <laughs> while I do that, take it away. Sure. So, finally, a big mess is made when Kevin pushes his brother into the counter. Uh, and everyone tells Kevin that he's being awful, and his mother escorts him upstairs to the attic, and uh, he says he, wish he does, wishes he didn't have a family, and, uh, you know, she's like, I don't want to see your face again until tomorrow morning, which is, hmm, uh, parenting. Uh, but at any rate, by the way, this mother is played by the wonderful Catherine O'Hara, um, I need to take a minute. Yes, please. Here. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, Buzz's name is just Buzz. Great. Um, number two, <laughs> I had and continue to have this tracks the biggest crush on Catherine O'Hara, of course, specifically in this film. But overall, she is just she is wearing some beautiful sweaters. Her hair is perfect in every scene. It's nuts. And I love her so much. Having just watched her in Schitt's Creek, which in which she is so over the top, but genuine. Yeah. And then watching her subtlety in this performance, it's really lovely to see an actress who can get so silly and so comedic and is so good at that play this much more subtle role. It's like, look, this is what an actor can do. Yeah, we don't have to pigeonhole people. Yeah. She's also great. As the kids say. Yeah. She's also great in Beetlejuice, in which she is much sillier. So. Yes. Also was like, dang. Oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> in that film. Absolutely. But yeah. Um, I think my appreciation for Catherine O'Hara has always existed under the surface. But just recently, have I really been able to, you know fully uh solidify just how fantastic i think she is you know like i was always like oh yeah she's great oh yeah she's great now i'm like oh my mm-hmm. god she is great you know that yes. kind of difference yeah um anyway she gets uh kevin gets banished up the stairs to the attic which is actually kind of a dope attic um where he has to sleep with Ooh, what is Kieran Culkin's character in this? Who wets the bed? They have to share a bed. Fa, fa, something. Uh, they they say that he doesn't have to sleep up there because you know you know you're right. He does wet the bed. Okay, he can he can stay downstairs and you can have the attic bed. So uh, overnight there is a. They're all leaving for the airport in the morning to go have Christmas in France. Which, by Which the way, they relay to Joe Pesci's character earlier. Exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so they everything shorts out, and they are awoken. You know, their uh, alarm clocks are flashing twelve. Uh, everything is not working because um, the electricity blipped. So uh, they're awoken by the airport shuttles 
that have come to their door and been like, hey, it's time to go to the airport right now. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so there's a mad scramble to get everyone out of the house. Uh, the oldest girl uh, does a head count to the kids, um, but is interrupted by Buzz being a jerk. Uh, and every time I see red, every time he does that, I get, oh my. Um, um, Megan, by the way. Yeah. I, there's a fandom Wikipedia for Home Alone. Just, that's what I'm on right now. I'm sure that makes sense. Uh, um, Fuller is the name of Kieran Culkin. Fuller. Yeah. I was going to say Fallon. I hardly know her. Mm, Ew. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Let's, let's not. Yeah. So, yes, uh, <laughs> uh, they, she does the head count. She thinks she's gotten everybody and they drive to the airport. Yes. Because not only does Buzz do that terrible, obnoxious thing, there's this kid bugging the bus driver, a neighbor kid. Oh, yeah. And she counts his head. Right. Weird sentence. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, and so they think they have 12, and they don't. Um, um, and everyone's forgotten that Kevin is up in the attic, because that's not normally where people go. Right. Uh, so they get to the airport. They get on the plane, just barely. This is so obviously pre-9-11, because... <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Gosh, airport scenes from movies that are pre-9-11 are something that is just... Even the airport scene in Love Actually is nuts, and that is mostly about the aftermath of 9-11? Yeah, that's true, because no one goes to greet you at the gate anymore. Like, the fact that they're able to get through security that yeah. fast is, for an international flight, is wild. Um, so they're sitting in the plane, and uh, Catherine O'Hara is going through the list of... And actually, I thought it was really great how... They do not show us Kevin. They yeah. just show the scramble. They just show us them on the plane at the airport, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and Catherine O'Hara is sitting there and she is like, I think I forgot something. Did we turn this off? Uh, and, you know, the dad's like, ah, I think it's fine. Uh, maybe I forgot to close the garage. And then she has a revelation and she realizes Kevin is not there. And she screams. Kevin, um, which is an iconic uh, in the previews of every single uh, advertisement for this for this movie. So mm-hmm. uh, she realizes that he is gone. Um, and then we get a cut to Kevin McAllister waking up alone in the bed, thinking that he made his own family disappear. Yeah, I made my family disappear. Okay. Now has come the time. What do we think of Macaulay Culkin's performance as Kevin McAllister? Tyler, I want to hear your... Like, I'm sure he was directed to perform the way he was supposed to perform. Okay. <laughs> Does not... You don't think he's charming or cute as a kid? Or no. He not like kids much. Either. Yeah, no, I, no, I, I, no. You feel nothing for a protagonist. Literally, like, I wish I could hate him. Like, I, I just don't care. Okay. 
inkling that that might be the case, which is why I asked. Um, Melissa, you, your thoughts on yeah. Macaulay Culkin, sure. who's now a grown man and can take it. Um, I think that he has a certain charm about him. Mm. Uh, he's precocious, which is fun. Uh, he does read, as I was saying before, kind of like an only child, like, mm. um, as I understand it, meaning like, you know, he has a certain amount of, he interacts with adults like he is a little adult uh, when he goes out, which is interesting because he doesn't do that with his family uh, in the scene before. I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. Actually, no, I because guess he does. Because calling someone a dummy is like, that's something you might do to an adult or like get off the phone and make me like that's something you would do, say to an adult you don't like yeah but i i kind of interacted with other adults like i was an adult when i was a kid yeah i would say and people found that very cute <laughs> yeah of course um i would say i did the same thing but it was become because i was the youngest because you're constantly dealing with older people mm -hmm. well yeah i mean it's similar actually in that way yeah. to being an only child because you're constantly interacting with people who are older than you um 100 but yeah no um i mean some of it is very clearly you know now looking back at it uh after having seen it when i was much younger uh now looking back at it some of it's a little put on you know, clearly, like, he was directed to do this. Um, mm -hmm. The aftershave moment that is so iconic with him, like, screaming and uh, yeah. at the burning on his face is, like, a little contrived. Contrived is the word I'm looking for. Uh, yeah. But in general, um, I think he's pretty charming. I think he does a good job. Yeah. I... Remember his performance differently in my mind mm. because I'd seen it so many times growing up and I was also told so much, oh, he's such a cute kid in this movie by like adults mm. who enjoy the film. Mm -hmm. And like looking back, he, there's absolutely nothing special about this child's performance, I think. It's like you, I mean, he's good at being precocious, which apparently Macaulay as an eight-year-old was just precocious. Joe Pesci was like, he's an old man. Yeah. You know, or what, you know, uh, which reads... But yeah, um, I also give child actors so much leeway because not only are they kids and it's, you know, hard to do acting under the best of circumstances, let alone being eight, but also if you ever talk to kids, they say like they're, they sound like they're saying lines. Right. Like their cadence is off because they're like really thinking about what it is they're saying most of the time i mean and this is a divergent between you and i melissa and i don't want to get into it because that's not what this podcast is about for example jake lloyd in episode one that's just how a kid sounds to me whereas i know a lot of people have an issue with him which is fine oh yeah because he for me he doesn't read as an actor he reads as a kid and there was like there's footage of like the auditions and one of them really reads like an actor and he knows what he's doing and then the other one just reads like some kid and so anyway okay um but overall it's not as good as i remembered it and it's it's like fun but like yeah. that is not where i got the entertainment out of this movie <laughs> no and his interaction with we'll get into it later his interaction with the old man i think is the best work he does in the oh. movie oh 
Yeah, that scene is... It's the, always been my favorite. It's the best um, scene in the movie. Yeah. So he thinks he made his family disappear, so he goes crazy, starts just tearing around the house. Yeah, he like... Ice cream a, for... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Ice cream for breakfast, watching the movie that I presume was the one he wasn't allowed to watch the night prior. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, things of for that nature, reason. while always just like yelling out into the ethos <laughs> i'm doing something bad come out and stop me yeah. yep he's like trying to test to see how not there his family is yeah and then um, we get like this weird um like almost reminiscent of look who's talking where like he goes into the basement and like the furnace like comes alive and scares him yeah which is yeah I didn't remember. Part. Yeah, I did not remember that, and it's really odd. Um, but then, uh, simultaneously, um, we have a, a mad scramble for Catherine O'Hara to try to get home. Um, yeah. And also, <laughs> that is a lot of the movie. Um, she finally, eventually does get a ticket back to America, and she has to make, like, all sorts of stops. Um, uh, that's what I'll say about that part. Hot take. That. Mm -hmm. I don't think Peter McAllister cares about his family. No. Oh, yeah. He is such an archetype of this 90s trope of, like, you see it in Hook, you see it in a bunch of films where, like, the dad is too busy with his job to care about his family, and then presumably by the end of the film, he learns to care about them, but since they don't focus on Mr. McAllister at all, he just doesn't really care. He's yeah. like, oh, next flight is in two days? Uh, he'll survive until then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they, they call the cops. They try to get them to check on them. There's this fun bit. Uh, one of the cops is actively eating a donut, and the donut does fall on the receiver and stays there. That's very funny. <laughs> I'm... Um, but yeah, basically, Catherine O'Hara gets to... Um, it's not Illinois. Paris to New York to somewhere to Scranton. Yeah, she. Okay, so she. Yeah, we'll we'll and we'll come back to her later, because mm -hmm. um, <sighs> that is a, a a little bit later in the movie thing. So oh, we're, Dallas was the other place. Oh, Dallas, right? The yeah, flight yeah. path made oh, zero sense. Absolutely no sense. I mean, they had to do what they had to do. I'm sure because of how flights are full. So she just kind of had to take what they gave her. But back at. McAllister home I also wanted to touch on the movie he watches is a gangster film that was shot for this movie it's not like an actual movie yeah, yeah. it was just was it's really clear. funny yeah it's really funny um he the two best characters are introduced Marv and Harry so we if we figure out that uh the guy who was the cop played by Joe Pesci um was not really a cop. He was impersonating a police officer. And he <gasps> is, I know, um, he's a bandit. They're uh, <laughs> house robbers. Burglars, if you will. Burglars, there we go. That's the word. <laughs> <laughs> a house bandit, you know? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Uh, so uh, he's, he's uh, planning 
burglaries around the holidays in this wealthy neighborhood with his accomplice marv um and Played by daniel stern yes and uh <laughs> uh when he was the he was impersonating the cop in the McAllister house he smiled at kevin and he has a gold tooth um yes. that kevin very clearly notices because it glints it, it goes ding when yeah. Kevin looks at it. Uh, and Kevin makes a face of like, ugh, tacky. Yeah. Um, so they're sitting in the van plotting the robberies. Uh, and Kevin comes across them. And, uh, you know, almost gets hit by the van. And they're like, hey, you kid, you got to be more careful. And... Then finally, Harry smiles at him and glint of the tooth happens again. And so Kevin runs away from them and they're like, hmm, what's what's up with this kid? Um, meanwhile, Kevin goes grocery shopping. He's uh, trying to figure out how to do all this stuff. He also has been encountering this man, this old man, who his brother Buzz had told a story about on the night everything was super busy saying that he's you know like a murderer and that he's a guy who uh kills people with a shovel and then buries them in his yard or something like that and there's also like this weird recurring bit like where you only see his rubber boots at first anytime you see him and it's like we know who wears these boots yeah they're trying to make him look ominous and it works when you're a kid it does okay yeah and he has like a bloody hand. Uh, and when Kevin's trying to buy a toothbrush, he, uh, this old man comes in and he played one. Uh, puts his hand on the counter and it's kind of bandaged and bloody. And mm -hmm. Kevin ends up running out of the pharmacy, accidentally shoplifting the toothbrush. Um, I did that as a kid. Really? I accidentally shoplifted. I might have talked about this before. I was at a mall and my mom was in another store and I was like, I took a, like a toy car. I was like, hey, can I get this? And she's like, <laughs> she made me go and apologize to like the clerk, um, which is the correct thing. Yeah. But it was, it was just like, I had no concept like, oh, a mall is several small stores. <laughs> it's oh. like, we're in the same building. Mm -hmm. So it must be the same shop. Got it. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, there's this chase sequence with the, which no one, I mean, I've worked in retail a couple of times. If there's shoplifting, unless it's something, you just let it happen. Also, like an eight-year-old accidentally took a toothbrush and yeah. you're, you're sending a teenager after him. Like, come on, guys. Yeah. Just take the, take the hit. <laughs> yeah. The <laughs> 15 cents in 90s dollars yeah that's how much they cost then <laughs> um I know what i'm gonna do oh you're gonna look up how much toothbrushes mm -hmm. cost and in, in the in 1990 uh when this movie it's came out. literally it auto filled and that's scary <laughs> <laughs> google stop reading our thoughts Okay, if you purchase an item at a grocery store for one dollar in nineteen ninety nine, it would cost about two dollars today. So, and toothbrushes cost about two dollars now. No, they cost like six dollars now. Depends on what store you go to. Depends on what toothbrush you buy, I guess. Yeah. So we'll never know. 
<laughs> oh dear. Um, he goes yeah. back home with his toothbrush. Um, <laughs> yeah. Goes to, goes to bed, I think, because not until like. Uh, then we get back to the bandits at some point relatively yeah, soon. Yeah, basically, there's a lot of scenes. I think we can uh, summarize the middle a little bit more uh, yeah. succinctly by saying Kevin's pretty confident that his family is not there anymore. He's like muddling by, but he also does figure out that these bandits are going to rob his house. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and the bandits have like gone through a whole like, are they home? Are they not home? Are they home? Are they not home? And Kevin's trying to trick them uh, into thinking that he's uh, that his parents are home. He like sets up a whole... Uh, Christmas party rockin vibe. Um, Christmas yeah, to rocking around the Christmas tree where he has like a uh, Michael ja uh, Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan cut out on a on a uh, train uh, mm -hmm. going around. And why do they have so many mannequins? Because in it's his a house? children's movie or family movie, I'm assuming. <laughs> that was very striking to me because there is like at least yeah. three mannequins that he sets up in the living room. It's I mean, there's terrifying. so many things you could like tear apart this movie with. You yeah. have to like just let things go at a point. <laughs> That's like, the thing. Like this, it doesn't make sense. The entire film. No, <laughs> I mean, got to let it go. You got to let it go and let. <laughs> the mannequins were really the sticking point for me, and I am very, <laughs> I'm very much like that. I'm the kind of person who. In a Transformers movie where cars are, you know, yeah. evolving into sentient robots, uh, I'm like, how come her nail polish hasn't chipped in all this? Mm -hmm. That's me. Why isn't she wearing a bra? <laughs> yeah. There are no bras in, or there's no, no underwear in Chicago. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yep. I've heard that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's what they say. So finally, the wet bandits, they're called the wet bandits because they, Marv keeps leaving the faucet running in every home they hit. He's like, we got to have a um, calling card because they're idiots. Yeah. <laughs> I love this character so much. He's so dumb. Um, uh, and uh, finally, they figure it out and they're like, okay, we're just going to, we're going to go in there even though the kid's there. And Marv's like, Harry, I think that's a bad idea. And Harry's like, I, I saw what is in there and I want it. Yeah. Now, and here's where we get into the politics of this. Oh, boy. I don't think Marv and Harry are wrong. Eat the rich. Take their TV. Do it. I don't care. Don't hurt the kid. Take the stuff. I also agree that I don't care. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Uh, I mean, yes, eat the rich, but I would rather eat their taxes than sanction yeah. home invasion. <laughs> that's fair i i agree with that that's the first line of defense this is like anyway many layers so... beneath yeah um... <laughs> yes, this is very hot and nuanced tank yeah take from tristan miller the wet bandit <laughs> um so uh at a certain point uh kevin has decided that he actually misses his family um yeah. and even though he can subsist on his own pretty competently um, because apparently there's just money sitting around the house, well, which makes sense. Yes, number one. Number two, he does steal Buzz's life savings by climbing up to a shelf. Oh, yeah. And breaking the shelf, thus knocking Buzz's pet tarantula to the ground and setting it loose. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Which, yeah. I mean, I feel like 
you know, just to do a little bit of uh, script writing for moments that happen after the movie, I feel like Mrs. McAllister and Mr. McAllister can be like, all right, we're going to just uh, refund Buzz's life savings because we did leave our child yeah. home alone and he had to do what he had to do. Yeah. I... My older sister also had a tarantula growing up. So maybe my defense of Kevin is purely me projecting my own personality onto him. I mean, I think I was doing that a little bit as well, based yeah. on, you know, the interactions that I identified with him on. Um, mm -hmm. But at any rate, um, yeah. So he goes to try to see Santa. Um, I forgot about this. And I did too, actually, until this watch. And... Uh, he encounters, like, a very bad, like, Santa's Village Santa going into his very beat-up car. Uh, smoking a cigarette. Smoking a cigarette. And to his credit, the Santa is like, oh, there's a kid. Let me get the cigarette away. You know, uh, get the smoke <laughs> smoke uh, wafting out of the air. And uh, he... Doesn't Santa smoke a pipe, though? That's true. Um, does he? Oh, yeah. Does he? Yeah. Yeah. Occasionally. It's his... I mean, I guess Santa's allowed to... It's either him or Frosty. I can't remember. I think they both <laughs> do. <laughs> Frosty! The image of both of them just getting absolutely baked. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame you have to go away so soon, Frosty. Oh, God. Does he? Uh, I mean, he's in, if, he's, if he's presumably in the North Pole, maybe that's just... <laughs> maybe that's where he lives now. Well, maybe, yeah. maybe not these days. With, you know, oh. global warming. Yeah rip to a real one aka earth yeah honestly God. pour one out for the real one the pouring is the glaciers oh, yeah no. it's so bad but oh, unfortunately very true i mean even snoop dogg is doing soda stream commercials to like talk about climate change like if we're in that place in time yeah. Someone brought up the fact that Rosa Parks lived until 2000, and so she, like, she probably heard Snoop Dogg, which is messed up. He was out before 2000. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. She passed away in 2000, and so she probably heard. Could have listened to, yeah. Just Snoop Dogg. It's just, it seems incongruous. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. That's all. So that's all. Kevin does go up to the Santa, and he is like, by now I know how I'm old enough to know how this works. I know you work for Santa. I know you're not the real Santa. And it's like, yes, that is how it works. Good job. Um, so uh, he says, I would really like my family back. Uh, it's kind of sweet. And then he goes to a church and the. Which was my favorite scene of the film because there was a very lovely um, choir performing Oh Holy Night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's a really nice performance. Um, of yeah. Oh Holy Night, a song that is often performed badly. <sighs> um, I shared that recording with you one time, Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 uh. <sighs> I've been uh. in church so many times on Christmas Eve, and no one's ever asked me to sing Oh Holy Night. Anyway. Really? Really. It is like the only song that I... I feel like that's to. a no-brainer. Thank you. Uh, my dad has sung it many times, and he does a very good job. Um, but, yeah, so he goes into the church, and the older man that he's been afraid of sits next to him. And they have a really lovely discussion uh, about how, um, you know, 
Kevin misses his family uh, and how the old man says, well, you know, I've come here tonight because you see that girl over there. She's my granddaughter. And her dad and I had a fight. My son and I had a fight a few years ago. And I said I never wanted to see him again. And he said the same. And he and I haven't spoken since. And so I can't see my granddaughter um, at all. And Kevin actually gives him some really good advice about, uh, in this particular instance, about, you know, just, I, you know, I know you're scared, but the only way to face that fear is to face it head on and just rip off that bandaid and ask your son if he would come, come see you. Um, and if you can see your granddaughter and if it doesn't, if he still doesn't want that, then, you know, but you got to try. Um, and I'm saying this with the caveat that sometimes it is perfectly valid not to want to see your family and uh, not to diminish anyone's personal choices about very real circumstances where it is not healthy to have a relationship with your family members. Um, but in some cases, there are uh, differences that are resolvable. Mm -hmm. um, and this this situation from the little we know about it sounds like a small fight that was made into a too long um, separation. Yeah, uh, because Marley, who's the name of the old man, um, of course it is. Um, oh. Yeah. Uh, I like that. He said, I don't even remember what we're fighting about anymore. Right. Yeah. So it's... You know, it's just a, it gotten out of hand. And Roberts Blossom is the name of the actor that plays this guy. And he does such a good job. Yeah. Uh, He's so sweet. Yeah. It's a really um, nice scene. Mm -hmm. um, and then afterwards, somehow, the wet bandits tracked him down or something. And he has to run home. And then he, he, oh, he has overheard that they're coming back tomorrow at like eight. Nine. Nine. Mm -hmm. And so he tries to eat, eat supper quick before and then nine hits. He, and he, he, this is something that I thought was a nice touch of he prays before and then he does the sign of the cross. And I'm like, oh, they're Irish Catholic. <laughs> Got it. Okay. That's why there's so many kids. Oh, <laughs> gotcha. See, there you go. Which is also the case with the Culkins. There's like 12 of them or something stupid. That's true. There are a lot. Um, and he, yeah, his dinner is mac and cheese and a glass of milk. Oh. oh it's such a kid meal. And it's also like, as a person You're who is a little lactose guts. intolerant, I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> the guts. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I was just thinking about the blockage. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Ugh. <sighs> Uh, but yes, he has sat down to eat this and the clock strikes nine. You hear it toll. Um, and he has set up a a just a series of like mousetrap, the uh, board game mousetrap style uh, obstacles for them to face as they try to invade mm -hmm. his home. Um, and so I have a list up of... Okay, I was wondering if we were going to go through... Oh, this that. is one and two? Oh, no, no, no. I don't want... Yeah, the real doctor... Oh, there's many articles from doctors saying how 
um, if Kevin, <laughs> if this had actually occurred, that yeah. uh, Kevin would have murdered these people many yes. times over. There's a few moments that I'm just like, oh, that's a concussion and he would be out. Um, I'll say this. I wanted to give two little facts. Sure. Um, there's a moment where uh, Daniel Stern improvises two lines and they are they're the funniest parts of the movie and I did like just have a good belly laugh about them one of them is and we'll get to the this contraption there um at one point Marv has lost his shoes and Harry is covered in feathers oh yeah and Harry says where the hell are your shoes and Marv improvised why the hell are you dressed like a chicken which is so silly <laughs> and then at another point um kevin escapes through a window and they're like where is he <laughs> and marv says maybe he committed suicide <laughs> she's like as an adult very funny as a kid i did not understand it yeah <laughs> Ugh. anyway yeah Hit me with the the traps <laughs> okay so um Oh, yeah, I pulled up this article, and it's just talking about all 85 potential injuries in Home Alone assessed by a real doctor. Because um, this article, okay, I guess this is Home Alone 1 and 2 worst injuries. Oh, okay. Um, but we can just uh, rattle them off. Uh, yeah, crowbar to the chest. Um, yep. Knocked out with a shovel um, because the uh, old man at the end, after the bandits have seemingly caught Kevin... Uh, and like hung him by his sweater on a door, uh, the old man comes in with his shovel and takes out these uh, these bandits. Um, Chekhov's shovel, if you will. Exactly, <laughs> exactly right. Um, so he hits him in the head with a shovel, blowtorch to the head, which is whew, uh, iron to the face. Um, yes. Uh, tumbling tools. Uh, yeah, that happened in both movies, apparently. Um, That's the sound of a tool chest coming down the stairs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that falling from a height. I think that's from two. Uh, I think it happens in both. Uh, okay. There is landing on a car from a height, which happens in two. Okay. Uh, falling from a height on a burning rope. From a burning that's rope. Two. That's two. Blowtorch to the head. Take two is also <laughs> Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. Um <laughs> As Starring Donald Trump. God. Uh, yeah, all those movies that Donald Trump makes an appearance yeah. in is like... Wrestling matches, etc. Um, yeah, there's electrocution from Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. And yeah. uh, bricks to the head is is one. Um, yeah, there are many unstoried articles about how much they would have died. Yeah. And ha or not been able to get up. Like there is no conceivable way they would have lasted this long in this uh in this uh death trap series that uh Ke also, Kevin for raped me up personally. For them. Mm -hmm. The minute I realized what's going on, I would be like, "No, I'm going home. This kid ain't worth it." Yeah. But they are fueled by a fiery vengeance for this 8-year-old boy. Yeah, indeed. <sighs> um, what's your favorite trap, Tyler? Uh, I guess the iron 
because okay. I, yeah. Melissa, do you have a favorite trap? Um, uh, the blowtorch is pretty great. I like the heated up uh, door handle, doorknob. Oh, yeah, that's cause good. Because I thought that was actually very smart. I was like, I, as a kid, I wouldn't have thought of that. That's also, he shoots him in the face with a BB gun uh-huh. and also in the crotch. And like, that's going to do lasting damage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Joe Pesci's never going to have kids. Womp womp. Yep. Um, but Kevin lures them into the neighbor's house after calling 911. Um, they get knocked out with a shovel after successfully getting into the house before Kevin. Then the police show up. They get arrested. Yep. And then Kevin goes home. The next morning, Catherine O'Hara shows up. Because. After being in a bus with a polka band whose leader is played by John Candy, who is very charming and very Midwestern in this film. Yeah. And they are so annoying to her. And there's this beautiful improvised scene between him and Catherine O'Hara about how he left his kid accidentally in a morgue. Yeah. A funeral home, rather. Yeah. With the corpse. <laughs> and, it's, and he made all that up on the spot. And That makes sense. Oh, I love it so much. It's one of my favorite jokes. There's some dark humor in this. Yeah. Um... Uh, speaking of like cut more adult themes apparently joe pesci would he would just they they had to do take after take because he wouldn't actually swear and they're like joe you can't say that word in a pg film oh it's not good fellas um yeah, yeah. but Catherine o'hara shows up says i'm so sorry and there's a moment where like kevin's pretending to be mad and then he doesn't care because he's She's his mom, and then all the rest of the family comes in, and they're like, how'd you? And he's like, the flight that you decided not to take, so it's ironic, and yada, yada, yada. Right, yeah, like, the two days later flight got them back as quickly as she got back in her very, uh, <laughs> very, uh, runaround, elaborate. elaborate, trounce around the country and globe. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, um. And, yeah, he kind of makes up with his family, even his brother. And then yeah. Buzz goes upstairs and sees that he has trashed his room. And end of film. Uh, we should have done an ad break at some point. Do you want to do it now? Sure. Yeah. Hey everybody, thank you for listening to this very special episode of Amateur Detective Club. It's it's the holiday season, and you can give by going to scavengersnetwork.com and listening to the podcasts there. Yes. Um, and also buying some of their merch. Yeah, great <laughs> gifts for people who enjoy the shows. You can buy our merch too, link in the show notes. You can contribute... Anyway, you can. It's the holiday season. Goodwill towards men and women and people. Yeah, support Goodbye. support independent uh, artists and podcasters and all of the people that need it right now. That would be a really great way to spend the holiday season. Um, you can find us on ADC Pod at ADC Pod across 
uh, platforms on social media, such as Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And leave us a nice five-star review, please. We would take that as a holiday gift as well. Much appreciated. But if you need a last-minute holiday gift, give the gift of Amateur Detective Club. You can gift a Patreon subscription to uh, someone, the mystery lover in your life, for as little as a dollar a month. For a dollar a month, you can receive access to bonus episodes and content. For $3 a month, you receive early access as well as bonus episodes and content. And at $10, you can even let the person in your life know how much you care by placing a personal ad uh, during the show. So visit patreon.com slash ADCpod. And this is where Tristan, who is no longer in front of his computer for some reason, usually says, for my boyfriend, who is a Patreon patron, but soup. Because that is what he has elected for us to say. And I, I am curious about like what is in like a butt soup. I am not curious about that. I like I wonder like <laughs> if it's just like a dumb way to like talk about soup that maybe has ham in it since that's made with you know that the rear of a pig. Sure, maybe a pork butt. Um, yeah. Eh, or is it uh, something that um, nope lost my. Uh, Lost my joke. Ah, Leave your happens. guesses in the comments. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did we say butt soup? Uh, that's what yeah. we were just talking about. Okay, good. Um, back to the show. Okay, we've given you trivia. We've given you a review. Well, an overview. And now a review section. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm reviewing this not on a number scale. Oh, okay. I decided, does it still hold up? Ah. Is the only qualification. And for me, it did. Uh, I've seen this movie several times over the years. And it still hold up, holds up. I laughed out loud several times. It's only a, like an hour 40. So, yeah, it still holds up. And I will say I was doing other things while I was watching it. So, like, if it's in the background and you've already seen it, it's pretty fun and funny. But, like, don't devote, like, your full attention to it, if that makes sense. I mean, you can if you want to. I mean, yeah, but I don't need to. Uh, I'll be quick. Um, I, I guess uh, films are 10, right? Uh, yeah. On our yeah. usual scale. Uh, I, I'd give it like a one, a full stash. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, I guess, harmless enough. Yeah, I think it's just a film that you have to just watch at, in your youth. As an adult, yeah. like, there is absolutely, like, I mean, there's no, just, there's no redeeming quality to it as an adult, in my opinion. I mean, that makes sense. So, I 
am going to give this movie like a six, six and a half on actual scale. Like, I think mm. it is a perfectly better than average, um, you know, especially for holiday fare. You know, like, it's a pretty good family movie other than, you know, the assault of these uh, bandits. But I guess Castle Doctrine, the what, the 90s were such a weird time. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, like you were saying, Tristan, it doesn't, you know, it holds up. It doesn't, like, I don't think it is worse upon watching it now. Uh, mm. Other than, like, me being, you know, more educated about film and, you know, what makes a good movie and all that stuff. Sure. Um, so I think it is pretty much the same uh, in terms of that. Um, but, like, nostalgia factor, it's, like, eight at least. Um, yeah. It's, it, if it's something that you grew up with, especially, uh it's probably you're probably gonna like it more yeah i agree and like if i'm gonna give it on a scale i'd say it's about a 6.5 yeah um seven it's actually really effective filmmaking despite being from christopher columbus uh in as much as that first 10 minute sequence you get the entire lay of the land you get the entire family dynamic and it's done with humor and it's interesting to watch yeah there are it does lag go ahead there are certain points that I was like, oh, that was a clever thing that they did. Yeah. Like, yes. uh, like on a technical level. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, it, uh, and by, despite being from Chris Columbus, he just doesn't know how to move a camera most of the time. This one is actually pretty good. Um, anyway, he, yeah, it's a, it's a decent film. Um, it did make me laugh. It was effective. Once again, we were talking about whether it's good. You know, whether a film is good versus, like, is it fun? It's a fun movie. Yeah. For me. Yeah. But I don't know if it's necessarily good. And it's also impossible to really rate it on a objective scale. Exactly. And that, so, especially because... I'm glad. Right. So, it's great having an opinion from Tyler, who did watch it for the first time last year when, <laughs> you know, he has no nostalgia for this movie. <laughs> yeah. So, we can get an objective point of view. And I can totally get how, you know, some people it's just not going to work for. Yeah. And I really appreciate that. And you do bring up, you've brought up some interesting points. Are there any other things that you, Tyler, like, we didn't mention that bothered you? Do you have any, do you want to go off on this movie? We, we simply don't have the time. <laughs> <laughs> To be, I, I, I've been try, I've been trying to be really nice during the, the, this pod, okay. <laughs> even if it hasn't felt like I have been nice. I've been trying my best. No, no, no you, it, <laughs> it has felt like that. Can you give me a uh, top three, just real quick, rattle them off? Like the child, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's just so rude, and like the fact that I mean, I'm also. I can't shake, you know, being a person of color watching this film. Okay, yeah. Mm. And, like, it's just so, like, if any child could go to the police and say, I've been left alone, I need help, I need something, it's this child. And he mm -hmm. doesn't. There's so many opportunities for this child to get help 
and I know it wouldn't serve the film. So like, I have to like let that go, but it was really irksome. Like this movie would have made sense if it was a child of color, because no, you wouldn't go to the police. You wouldn't trust, you know, so much in my opinion. No, that so makes like sense. that really just like you have so much privilege right now and like you have so many resources at your disposal and you're clearly just not wanting to do it yeah yeah but i mean it, it would it wouldn't you know the movie wouldn't be what it is for you know the people who enjoy it if you know if there was any kind of um thought of reality uh when writing the film yeah it's absolutely a cartoon yeah um, there's a lot of yeah, that's it. things about it that truly don't make any sense that's a really good point yeah you should uh write a write a remake get tyler perry on board uh, oh god we, uh, we want to improve it right <laughs> <laughs> set it up knock it down <laughs> uh but yeah that's a very interesting point and like even watching this now from just like they have so much money yeah and i'm like screw this family like oh my gosh yeah um though i, though I sorry to like i yeah. i will say uh i i always enjoy Catherine o'hara in anything so like oh. it, she was enough of a pull throughout to like bring me back to like Okay, all right. Something I can kind of latch onto a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I, for me, the, it only really works once the. It only really works once the bandits try to get into the place. I feel like there's like three bits that work. It's that opening sequence, the church scene, mm-hmm. and then the end with all the traps. And I guess also, you know, John Candy's character is fun, but like he doesn't need to be there. Right. So this really could have been like a 45 minute movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, it could have been, and I, I neglected to say this earlier. I never saw the film. I saw Home Alone 3 was the first Home Alone film I saw. And I have like, I don't want to watch that movie again because like, I'm just happy with the memory and the feeling of what that was. And I don't want that ruined. <laughs> Because I know it's, I know it's probably absolute garbage. <laughs> um, but we did have the Home Alone video game on uh, the Super Nintendo, <gasps> and I feel like that is enough of a Home Alone experience for anybody, in my mm. opinion. Fair enough. I'll have to find an emulator and play that. Yeah, Tyler, you don't have to be nice about movies we like. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's the holidays, and I know like a lot of people have a lot of nostalgia around, it, and they just don't want to just crap on anyone's Christmas. You know what I mean? <laughs> you want to crap That's in the egg? Fair. <laughs> That's fair. I went for the alliteration. I did think eggnog first. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I appreciate that. That's very kind of you. But yeah, you're absolutely right. The the movie. I I feel when you're bringing this up. I feel kind of similarly about Mrs. Doubtfire, which is, I believe, another Christopher Columbus picture. Yeah. Which has not aged well in as much as, like, not even, like, getting into the whole gender stuff. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. But, like, the movie fundamentally doesn't work because there are several things where Robin Williams' character just could tell someone, like, rather than saying, I do voices, he could, when he goes to the unemployment office, he could be like, oh, I'm an out-of-work actor, can you help me at all? I do voice acting, you know, mm-hmm. rather yeah. than, like, 
this whole bit. And there's just so many logical flaws that as an adult, I'm like, because I watched it for the first time when I was like 22. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, this is like a farce, but it like, it doesn't work because the guy's so dumb. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so I, I hear you is what I'm saying. Yeah. I really kind of don't want to watch Mrs. Doubtfire again ever um, because I, I have to believe though that mm. if it hadn't been for Robin Williams, that the movie would not have worked. <laughs> Like, oh because God, he's, no. he's so, he was so wonderful. Yeah. And, and can, and can just carry a movie like that. He can, you know, <laughs> make bad, a bad story, um, or things that don't make sense. He can make work in a way. And boy, did he throughout his career, that man worked. Yeah. Uh, three, three alimonies, sorry, two alimonies and child support will make you make rv um but yeah and what i'll say is that movie was also like designed for him it was never intended to be anybody else i mean okay that's what i was just looking up on imdb like so it was like i can't imagine who else anybody would have thought um eddie murphy it would be the only other app option and they just wouldn't (laughs) wouldn't they wouldn't do it though fun fact we're getting into a territory that i could go off for a very long time yeah um Eddie and Robin were almost in competition with each other throughout most of Eddie's career, which is interesting. Hmm. That is interesting. Um, it was like the rivals that Robin had were Jim Carrey and Eddie Murphy, which is it makes sense. Like, I mean, they're all like when you think about it, very broad comedy performers. So I'm, I guess yeah. they were like kind of gunning for the same stuff, or at least like their agents were like putting them in contention for the same stuff because sure. of what their brand or shtick was 100 percent. and like even if you look at something like uh robin made flubber it did really well and then all of a sudden the nutty professor happened which is another remake of old disney movies right and then that slew of stuff happened so yeah yep anyway yeah i agree with you tyler like it yeah i don't know if i would recommend this movie if you hadn't seen it much like et i think you had to kind of grow up with it yeah it might be i did catch it on when I was in, uh, where was I? Savannah with Rich, yeah. uh, a few years ago, Christmas time, and we were just in a. Oh gosh, we could just like walk into a bar and have a drink. Huh. Mm. Um, it was a little bit after Christmas, and uh, we were, you know, sitting down, and it was still all decorated, and we ordered a couple drinks, and um, it was in the midst of a snowstorm in Savannah, which, oh boy, it is very difficult. Like I think it snowed an inch, but you know down there not prepared at all yeah they just don't they aren't prepared no so like everything was closing but we were trying to get a bite and like you know we're in the south and it's snowing we just grab a a drink and there's some christmas lights around and there's home alone playing on the tv behind the bar and i was like oh that's nice Mm -hmm. you know like it was just a like a warm like a friend you know yeah uh but but it would be really, I would be really interest, interested to speak to someone who watches this for the first time as an adult and likes it and figure out why. <laughs> yeah. And I'm also just trying to think of Christmas movies that, like, I grew up with that I, that I wouldn't, like, I think wouldn't hold up. And I just, I don't, I don't think there's really, like, I think A Muppet's Christmas Carol still holds up. And I think that's the only thing that I grew up with. 
that like maybe wouldn't. Mm. Oh yeah, Muppet. Everything Christmas else Carol was is... like it's a Wonderful Life and like classics that you know. Yeah, uh, it's a Wonderful I... Life is my favorite movie. Period. Um, I've never seen it. We've talked about this. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure it's, we have. It's long. I don't recommend it for you. No, I mean also through a long movie. I've watched Lord of the Rings. Um, I, I, yeah. I also, generally speaking, can't get on board with Jimmy Stewart. Um, oh my God, Tristan. Yeah. yeah. Tristan um, and I are and also. <laughs> you're, we're gonna scrap now that we're neighbors. You're gonna come over and burn my new building down. Um, <laughs> But no, I also and you're both. I did never got on board with Muppets Christmas Carol either. I it's the weakest of the Muppets movies to me. I preferred the Gonzo movie and Muppet Treasure Island growing up. Tristan. Oh, and that's interesting because I saw Treasure Island last year for the first time and hated it. Yeah. Ooh. Most of the time, I feel like Tristan and I at least understand. Not most of the time, but like. A lot of the time, Tristan and I, if we differ in opinions on art, we kind of like understand it. But the maybe third of things that we disagree on in a way that like, I cannot even comprehend (laughs) how we think so differently about this thing. I also haven't seen Muppet's Christmas Carol in like a minute. So maybe I would enjoy it more now as an adult. Maybe. Because at the time. Because like, I don't even know where to start with this. That's why sometimes when you're like, this person's a bad actor, I'm like, I, I don't know how to have this conversation with you because I yeah, just yeah. fundamentally We've been talking disagree. a lot about that with Star Trek. Yeah. And it's not heated, but both of us are like, really? Yeah. And and like, I, I don't even know how to have a productive, you know, reasoned conversation about it because it's just so like incomprehensible. I, I guess you could say, oh, the Ohora. Right? Yeah. I, I made a, a joke and I haven't watched it ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, Muppets Christmas Carol is the best Christmas Carol, period. I'll agree with that. I agree with that. I don't like the story generally. I I've just seen it too many times. Yeah, I will say that it's probably my favorite film. I've seen it much better on stage, I think. Yes. Okay. Because that's always fun how they do the technical stuff. Yeah. I really do um, love Michael Caine, though, acting seriously uh, with Muppets. Oh, except for my favorite. I, I, I disagree. My favorite version of Christmas Carol is the syndicated newspaper co- um, newspaper comic Foxtrot did a version of it. And oh. that is my favorite version okay. of it. That's pretty dope. That's fine. I... Yeah. And also Pepper Ann, the 90s... Disney cartoon, I believe, did a version yeah, of it. Oh, that did. one I don't know. And that was very fun. It, this is not a Christmas Carol, but uh, it's a Henson uh, production. Mm. If either of you have not seen Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, it's a fun time. Um, and Tristan, I think you might particularly a- appreciate Emmett Otter. <laughs> <laughs> my, my first thought was, who the hell is Emmett Otter? <laughs> It a is character a, I've never heard of before. A character voiced by Jim Henson. Well, great. Ker- Good. Kermit does the intro for it. Oh, that's sweet. And I, I appreciate the this... I appreciate the inclusion, Melissa, but you know I have never seen <laughs> an Emmett on a jug band. <laughs> 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 but 
thank you. <laughs> oh, I love it. I saw it in a movie theater last year. Oh, that's oh sweet. God. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I will say, Vanessa Williams in A Diva's Christmas Carol is also very oh, fun. yes. A very, mm-hmm. very, a very specific audience. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've seen it. I think it, yeah. Yeah. yeah, she's a pop star. Uh, like it was like a beach one production, so it's like Vanessa Williams was like the star, and it's like Chili from TLC and uh, Brian McKnight's <laughs> in it for a bit. Oh my gosh! Uh, Kathy Griffin is Christmas past. <laughs> like yeah, it's, a, it's a whole mess, but it's a fun mess. Yeah, and she's oh. a really great Scrooge. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen this. I think I enjoyed it. I am so sorry. Oh gosh, Scrooged is the best Christmas Carol. Scrooge, hands down. Scrooge, oh, I, is very I couldn't good, get through but... it. Okay. No. Yeah, I could. Like, I think I watched like third. I, maybe I'll give it another try. But yeah, I, I remember trying to watch it a long time, and it just it wasn't for me. But maybe, I'll give it another try if you both see. It. Yeah. Yeah. I, en- I enjoy Scrooged, and I see why it's Tristan's favorite. Yes, because it is irreverent and it turns the story on its head and it doesn't take it seriously. Oh. There's a radio drama version that I had as a kid that I enjoyed. It just is like, I've just, it's overexposure, man. It's not the story's fault. It's a good story. I've just seen it. Oh, and the, the, the Mickey Mouse one is fun too. The Mickey Mouse one is fun. I have one. Oh, I, I never saw that one. It's where Scrooge McDuck is introduced as a character. Oh, well, that makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. We would not have DuckTales without that one. Uh, it's real it's good. Just, uh, it's yeah. it's a really solid uh, telling of Christmas Carol. Um, Isn't Goofy Marley, Jacob Marley? Yes. Yeah. Um, I have ornaments. You gotta be better. I have a Goofy Jacob Marley Christmas tree ornament. Oh, that's nice. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, but... What are we going to be covering when next we meet? We'll meet after the new year, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't discussed this yet, so I think we can leave our listeners in suspense. And with that, I could now call the <laughs> holiday episode of the Amateur Detective Club to a close. Gavel and sound. And to all a very, very merry whatever. Happy New Year. Goodbye, 2020. And, uh, Bye-bye. To all a good night. Dee-dee-dee-dee-dee. <laughs> dee 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 dee